All right, and welcome back to the newest episode of the StatCast after our month-long winter break. And we are happy to report that baseball is somehow the biggest topic in all of sports. Yeah, for better or for worse, there's a big scandal, and that's basically the only thing that we're going to talk about on this podcast because a lot of people want to hear our, our thoughts because it's a huge, huge scandal that implicates many, many players, many teams. Yeah. I mean, it really tests the old adage of all press is uh, all press is good press. So I don't know. Like, do you think that our game, the game, is going to be viewed as there's less integrity, or is it going to be the kind of thing where everyone is watching the Astros on game one of the MLB season just because they want to see if you I don't know you hear a trash can bang in the background? Well, I think I think it's both. I feel like. You're definitely going to get a lot of, um, wait. Now, is that going to be by other teams or is it going to be by the Astros just trolling everybody? That's our signal that it's time for Milo Hamilton. Swinging. Welcome back to the StatCast. Your hosts, Harrison Friedman and Sam Greenman. We are talking about baseball's latest scandal, the sign-stealing scandal. Let's start off with just how about we describe what exactly the scandal was. Sam, why don't you start? So 2017, it was it was brought to our attention this year, or I guess 2019 by Mike Fires, who said that there was some stuff going on that in the Astros organization during their World Series championship season of 2017 that was less than um above board yeah it was among other things some things have not been confirmed but the one the major thing that's been confirmed is that and proven by and, major league and baseball and proven and you can you can see it and watch it and hear it is that they banged on trash cans they would set up a video feed in center field their own camera and they would use that camera to funnel to the dugout or just below the dugout, yeah, where there would be a trash can, and they would decipher the signals uh, of the catcher, the other team, and they would just relay those signs to the hitter through a series of bang. So if you heard one bang, it was a curveball. If you heard no bangs, it was a fastball. And it maybe coincidentally happened because they were in their World Series. Um, or sorry, they. Might have won the World Series because of it. Yes, it, it's a very weird coincidence that it co- that both of them happened the same year. Exactly. So, a little bit of background on this. From all the reporting that we've seen, in May of 2017, so about a month into the baseball season, someone in the dugout, people say it was Carlos Beltran, who was in his last year of baseball and later moved on to the New York Yankees, but we'll talk about that later. So he and Alex Cora, who was the Astros bench coach at the time, along with other players, unnamed players, remember, Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora, the only ones implicated in MLB's report, 
they decided to install a camera in center field, uh, not really with the blessing of the manager, the general manager, but each of them sort of looked the other way. And so after that, there's definitely a market improvement in the Astros' overall chase rate, which means that they were much less likely to swing at balls that were outside the zone, meaning most likely an outside pitch. And so that continued over the course of the season. There's talk that maybe they tried out a few things earlier, or and some of them worked, some of them didn't. But the one thing that worked was banging the trash cans. And like Sam said, you can oh, bring up any Astros home game during that time, and you're going to hear some banging going on. So that is a, that was a serious implication, and specifically the fact that it was at home. Uh, because I think we should all me- we should mention that during that 2017 World Series run, the Astros played the New York Yankees in the ALCS. Two young, up-and-coming teams both won a lot of games in seasons that they might not have been expected to win that many. And each team won all of their home games. And that's a little it. Uh, that's a little shifty because of the whole idea of the Astros stealing signs to win baseball games at home. And then there's talk that maybe they started again in 2018. People have talked about other stuff, like maybe they use, they whistled during other seasons, or they used even players have been accused of using buzzers by other players. So Sam, what do you think we can do to separate the fact from the fiction on this? Well, I think Major League Baseball, right or wrong, did a very thorough report and investigation on the entire subject matter. Yeah. And I I don't find anything wrong with their findings. It seems like they, you know, they did a lot in terms of research. They found and the only thing that they found that they could confirm was the the trash cans. Yeah. They didn't say anything about uh buzzers or whistling. Yeah. So I'm led to believe that those are just rumors. Mhm. You know, there's a chance that they happen, but I'm going to choose to believe that it didn't happen and that it's just people trying to add on to this i don't i th- i think the trash can was the was the only thing that actually happened yeah i think i agree with you but i think it's also important to talk about why the the whole everything surrounding the whole idea of did how in which ways did the astro sheet did they use whistling or buzzers or something and so what you end up happening is there's been a trend online of people just while those people were going through the old YouTube videos, they were kind of looking, and maybe you have an agenda, maybe your conscience is clear, but it was a Yankees fan, John Boy, doing a lot of this, and he clearly has something to gain from this. And also Trevor Bauer, who is a noted Astros hater. And so... I was a fan, to be honest, I, I like started watching John Boy at the beginning of the 2018 season. Really? Yeah, I like loved him, and like... I don't see him as a guy that um, is biased. I think I agree with you. I think it might be more of an unconscious bias. It's like, well, if there's something here, then it might be important. And he's also a guy noted for reading player re- reading lips. And even if he's phenomenal at that, it's still there's always still a little up to interpretation. And so how I kind of see this is there's a lot of circumstantial evidence surrounding the entire thing. And a lot of it is just kind of looking for something that confirms what you believe on that subject. Like with the whole whistling. Yeah, there's some whistling that's going on during Astros games, but if you actually pay attention to the whistling, a lot of it is before the catcher or the hitter even comes set or the pitcher. Uh, and it's relatively random. It 
happens in away games and home games, but also you can go innings and innings without them. What was a little – what really surprised me was the whole accusation, especially in 2019 or 2018, because my question is if the Astros didn't use this camera system anymore after that, then what exa- Then how exactly would they be able to do all this cheating? And how exactly would they be able to do cheating on the road as they've been accused by fans of doing? I, it sort of seems like there's – not only did MLB find a lack of evidence, I just ca- find it kind of hard that there's really a way to do this because as some p- as people have been saying, there's a difference between what the Astros did as far as sign stealing goes and how it usually happens. Because, don't get me wrong, people have been accusing the Astros – and the Dodgers, and the Brewers. They, I think they each accuse each other. And the Red Sox, and the Yankees. The Nationals seem scot-free, but I haven't seen any of their players jump in on Twitter, so who really knows? Basically uh, any team that Evan Drellich has worked for and then not worked for, which is an in- indictment of Evan Drellich. But, so, the, d- the main difference is that after the Red Sox and the Yankees in 2017, in August of 2017, Use technology to steal signs. They were using Apple Watches, and I think they had someone in the bullpen. Was that it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so they had someone in the bullpen watching the signs and sending them to someone in the dugout. So MLB sent out a memo that August saying, hey, if anyone's using technology to steal signs, unlike, I don't know, just watching the catcher from second base or something like that to steal signs, you better knock it off. And the Astros didn't knock it off, and that's what happened. So in that sense, it reminds me of Spygate because Spygate was relatively similar. It had accusations of the Patriots taping a bunch of walkthrough practices during the Super Bowl or anything, and everyone later retracted their statements on that. But the one thing they got them for is the Patriots were recording one practice, I think it was either week one of the regular season or week one of the preseason against the Jets, from a place where they were allowed to, for where they had previously been able to film, but MLB sent out, but the NFL sent out a memo before the season saying they weren't allowed to film there, and they still did it, sort of to flout those rules. And that's what it seems like to me. It seems like something which the league decided they were willing, they were going to crack down on, and then they did. And unfortunately, there was a specific team that decided to ignore those rules, and then they got caught. But what I disagree with is everyone comparing it to something like the Black Sox scandal or to steroids or something like that, because this is very different. This, Sam, would you think that this is something which compares to t- uh, players conspiring to throw the World Series? No. No, I don't I don't think so. I think, you know, it, they're directly influencing the outcome of the game in the Black Sox case and in the Astros case. They're trying to get an edge to win. Like, trying to get an edge to win and purposefully losing are, like, two different acts. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're two different acts, but they both have different intentions. Like, one's for... One is in the spirit of winning. Yeah. The other is like in the spirit of gambling and getting money. Exactly. It's the integrity of the game is at stake when you're playing to lose. When you're just trying to get an extra edge to win. It's ga- it's, it's it's cheating, but it's only cheating it's if you get caught. Yeah, it's gamesmanship. It's gamesmanship. Sign stealing is allowed. It's just you're not technically allowed to do it from set from center field camera. Yeah. They had to. I mean, they still had to decode the signs in the dugout. That's not that hard. Yeah, is it? Is it not? It's not. Okay. I mean, people do steal signs from second base all the time. So it's not like there isn't any sign stealing going on in baseball. In fact, it seems like the Astros accused eight teams of using technology to steal signs, and it wouldn't surprise me if all 30 teams, or at least like 28 of them, were stealing signs in some form. 
even if it's not using technology. So we might not have heard the last of this, but and the Astros are definitely the first, not the first, but definitely the Astros are definitely the biggest one, the biggest scandal that's been popped open. But I feel like we've got a lot more to go. Yeah. Um. So obviously, the MLB recently concluded its uh this investigation mm-hmm. and the suspensions were of not players because according to the wall street journal players were granted immunity in exchange for their honest testimony and that just came out yeah that is something which i think is really important to talk about because we've seen people talk a lot on twitter about oh jose altuve or alex bregman or a lot of Astros players should get lifetime bans or they should be banned for a certain amount of games first of all we don't even know really what kind of advantages they have gained from these things so it's a hard thing like with steroids mlb has decided you know what you're going to get 80 games for your first steroid suspension then your next one's for a year and the third i think your third, third one one's is suspended done. indefinitely yeah yeah but for something like this first of all you have we have to talk about the major league baseball players association which is probably the most powerful union in sports and it was also the first union in in, in major league sports yes and so there in 2021 which is next year by the way we might have a strike because, or, well, it might actually be a lockout. There's a difference between a strike and a lockout. A strike is when the players just don't show up, and a lockout is when the owners don't let the players in. And that's because the collective bargaining agreement is going to be expiring then. And so one wouldn't be surprised to see say that Rob Manfred used this as, like, he's not going to actually suspend the players as sort of, like, a, I don't know, an olive branch to the Major League Baseball Players Association in order to try to get, instead of, like, cracking down on players, he only cracked down on a manager and a general manager. Yeah, so it was just, it was A.J. Hinch and... Jeff Lunau. Jeff Lunau, who were suspended a year, then fired. Pretty much right away by the Astros owner. Yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting to see why uh, Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, suspended them in the first place. The reason he suspended A.J. Hinch was because he said that— He didn't Hinch, make any attempt to stop it. Yeah, and the attempt that he, he quote-unquote, did make to stop it, which is, like, he apparently he hit the monitor yeah, hit with the, the bat and damaged yeah. it, but he didn't really do anything. And Jeff Luno, who he said, well, he was pretty much in charge, and he knew that it was happening, and he should have done a lot more. But what he also did, which I think is really important, and is something which is bigger than baseball, really, is he attacked the Astros' culture. We've recently had—we had the—the the Astros have been— uh, in the news in baseball, both good and bad, for their front office. Brandon Taubman for making those comments to the reporters about Roberto Osuna. And Osuna getting signed in the first place. Exactly. And the Astros have had a rela- they've had members of their front office get signed by other teams, like two former members of their front office are now the GM of the Brewers and the Orioles. But also a lot of people have left just because they chose to. And it's because the Astros seem to have a culture which sort of rewards doing everything you can to win, which you might think is a good thing. It's nice to hear that your favorite team is doing everything in their power to win, but it also engenders a bit of a toxic culture around the team. And Rob Manfred really did attack that. And so it was almost apparent in the stuff that we saw earlier with how they responded to the Topman, to the Topman incident, which is like, oh... She was lying. We don't actually know what he, what he said is that it never really happened that way. And, and then, then they, they later that, retracted yeah, it and retracted another statement. And Crane apologized in front of everybody. Which was a horrible look. Yeah, it really was. And then did you see what Jeff Luno's 
note was after this one. He basically said, I am not a cheater. I'm not a cheat. Literally said, I am not a cheater. I didn't do anything like this. Uh, anything that happened was completely not my fault. He threw everybody else under yep, the exactly. bus, including it's like, himself. It's such a lose lose. Like, they're like, Yep, I'm a cheater. I was like, Nope, I'm, I'm not a cheater. These are the people that are cheaters, yeah. aka my coworkers who I have good relationships with that are now broken. Yeah. Jeff Luno. Thank you for turning the Astros around and making them actually a respectable franchise up until now. But come on, man. You have to learn how to take some responsibility. And it was, it's been kind of embarrassing seeing the culture turn around like that with such a happy, fun team on the field and then such a kind of slimy team in the front office. As smart and as talented and as forward-thinking as they are. I think this has a horrible effect on the players. I don't think – I really don't – think the players should be receiving all of this negativity like Altuve and Bregman and Springer I don't think like people don't like them now yeah which I feel like is unfair and it's also I mean Bregman he was already he's the kind of guy that you love to have on your team and you hate to play against but you respect because he's that good Altuve was just easy to love George Springer is just fun to watch and scary as hell in the playoffs yeah but yeah now these likable Astros players is that, what do you think? Like the players are gonna vote them in for the All Star game or something like that, or they're gonna yeah, that's another conversation. How's the All Star voting gonna? Yeah, yeah. The players are they're probably gonna be thrown at, which is a whole nother conversation we can get into, but won't today. It's yeah, it tarnishes everyone's reputation. You don't know who started it, although Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora have both lost their managing jobs because of this. The Red Sox specifically said that. The reason Cora lost her job was entirely tied to what he did with the Astros, which is interesting to see. Cora seemed apologetic about the whole thing in his statement. I, I actually kind of believed him. He said, like, you know, I didn't want to be a distraction. Yeah. You know, he said— It was a they, mutual parting. That's apparently. what they said, but apparently they basically just fired him. Yeah, which it's like—I assume they went which up is the to same, him. It's the same like, thing as, You're uh, done. You know that, right? It's the same thing as Jim Harbaugh and Jed York saying, yeah, we're going to mutually part ways. Exactly. So— it's kind of an it's an embarrassment on MLB overall, I gotta say, it because but MLB has also been shooting themselves in the foot lately as well because of the juice ball scandal that they had. Where this is something which I think is important. Nobody's thought about juice balls in forever. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe with maybe. the with the juice ball scandal of the last several years, and c- coupled with this sign ceiling scandal. We don't really like like how we said about the White Sox how there's no integrity if you're playing to lose. If you no one really knows how the game is being played. No one actually knows if it's a fair game on the field. No one knows if what they're seeing is actually what it should be like. Because I remember during this past playoffs, suddenly the balls that were being hit weren't going quite as far and everyone's like, "Oh, they dejuice the balls." What do you mean they dejuice the balls? That shouldn't be something that's happening in the first place. Not no, like if you hit a ball during the regular season and it goes 400 feet, but during the playoffs it only goes 385 feet, and that's the difference between a home run and a long fly ball out, and that swings the game, that's something which really MLB really should be and should have a long time ago taken a lot more of a stand against because when your game is when, – because when you're messing up your own game and you're allowing your own game to sort of lose its integrity in the first place, that's a real shame. I feel like – the MLB is at a bad spot here because one, I think, the way this all unfolded was just didn't need this much much attention. Yeah. But like, the further you got into it, the more you realize, wow, this was a serious thing. And yeah. it's like there's points along the way where it's like, all right, we're not gonna investigate this. We're just gonna like say uh, say not to do it. 
that yeah. m- what that makes you look like very soft. And then and that's what they did in August 2017. And then they said well, we're going to talk to some people, and it's like, well, that's probably not going to go anywhere. And it's like, well, we found some stuff, and it's not great. And it's like, okay, you can just stop here. And it's like, no, yeah. there's a lot more stuff going on. And it's just like going further and further. I wish Mike Fires kind of hadn't done this because uh, it's, it's just I don't like this. Like yeah. It hurts to see this happen to baseball. Everybody has an opinion on it, and it seems like everybody's opinion is based on somebody else's opinion. Yeah. And I just don't like that this is a an issue in which there were there are not many arguments to. Yeah. Like at least this there's the steroid thing was like, oh, it provided for a lot of fun baseball, and it's like, and yeah. the other side is like, well, yeah, it was fun, but everybody was like cheating, and like it's not good. But their heads were swelling up. Yeah, it's and like, and it's like not safe for you. Yeah, and then like, which which record? The whole big deal with steroids is which records are even real anymore. Yeah, like, should which, we have an asterisk by the by the records? Now which, it's which like, is the thing. It's like, well, I mean, like the records. It was fun to watch. Same thing with the juice balls. It's like, yeah, more home runs are being hit. That's fun. Should we have us because of the juice ball? Should we have an asterisk next to Pete Alonso's Rookie of the Year award? It's not like he did anything to invite the juice balls in there. He just happened to benefit from it. Yeah, and now it's this stupid issue of juice balls, or not juice balls, of stealing signs, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. there's really no way to frame this as, as them being innocent Yeah, and this being good for the game because it really is just, it's bad for the game. Yeah, but when, you, when you have to have a whistleblower, that's when you know the problem is a real issue. I don't know if I want to call Mike Fire soft. I I wouldn't call him soft. I would call him fed up. I understand why he did it, and I think that it's good because I bet that he did go to MLB in the first place, and I bet there are people who have gone to MLB in the first place. And I heard what Jessica Mendoza said about how she wishes that Mike Fires hadn't done this because you're supposed to handle it internally. That's but exactly I what tr- I feel like. I feel like he should have just like gone to MLB and was like, oh, I'm going to put in an anonymous tip. Not like anonymous, like they'll know who I am, but they don't want him to be released. In any, yeah. like They don't want to name names. He, I feel like him like going out and saying like yeah this was a thing that happened but there's just the suspensions might still go out and then people are going to wonder wait why did these happen in the first place i feel like it was something that even if mlb investigated internally it was bound all the details were bound to come out whether it was with mike fires or an evan drellich and kevin rosenthal that reported it this year or whether it came out a few years from now or whether it came in when it came out when the suspensions happened but but that that's the weird thing it's like like it was inevitable if I don't know if it was because at what point does it does it's almost a statute of limitations thing to where like okay n- no not in the way of that but like suppose like nobody knew about this like somebody like as the years go on it's like oh man I'm gonna watch some 2017 Astros film and um what are what's all this banging yeah how it's not like unless you're looking for it it's not noticeable yeah. as a, or not recognizable as a pattern so as the years go on and it gets more and more distant. There's no, there's no way that I think past like two or three years that we would have like been able to see any of this. That's a fair point. So you think that it just shouldn't have, if it, it would have all gone away quietly if no one had said anything. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say that's a option of, that's an option, but it's like it's, I don't know how well that's gonna like. It sounds like I'm like promoting cheating, but it's like I feel like. As long as it's not happening now, or as long as they get, as long as they fix what's going on, then it's not really an issue. 
Is that what you're saying? I don't even I I don't even know if it's that. It's just like I wish this like were was never found out about. Not because I feel like it's the right thing to do, but because it, it just caused so much of a mess uh, that it was it honestly might have been better if we just never like even noticed this. Wow. I think that's a bit of a take. I think it is important that it came out. But at the same time, here's a question. Do you think Jeff Luno and AJ Hinch get suspended for a year each if this never goes public? If MLB does an internal investigation and finds out the well, I'm not even saying an internal yeah. investigation. I'm saying, like, they don't even investigate. Like, no, this is never brought to our attention. Oh, if, this was, if no one ever knew about this? Yes. Except for, the, except for, like, the Astros players. Yeah. And it never came out. That's what I would have liked. I kind of disagree with that. I feel like it's something that should have come out. But my, but what I think the interesting thing is, is, and the reason that I'm not sure my fire should have come out about it, is because he goes and he accuses one team. And the Astros are like, yeah, it's a lot more people than one team are doing it. My thing, Mike Fire should have asked around baseball and been like, hey, has this been going on in places that you guys have been before? Like maybe ask his A's teammates or, I don't know, ask other people that he knows in baseball. Is this going on in other places? Instead of just saying, oh, this is an isolated event. The team that I was on was a bunch of cheaters. That kind of looks like a disgruntled guy who was kind of pissed that he got left off the playoff roster in 2017, which he did after leading the Astros in innings during that season. But he also wasn't a very good pitcher that year. So I think that Mike Fires opened a can of worms that was too big for him, and maybe that's a reason why I would say it wasn't great that he came forward. But at the same time, I think it is important that someone came forward in the first place. I think Mike Fires looked in the back of the fridge for no reason. You think that he just should never have done it at all, and it's the kind of thing that no, should I be think hush-hush? I think that no, I think that what should have happened is you have you you have a fridge you know you have that one can of bean or whatever one can of something s- gross soup, something gross in the back that's been there for two years and you know it's been there for two years and the second you open it you know it's like oh this is gonna stink up the whole house or oh i'm gonna be grossed out by this so you never even or and you don't even want to touch it it's just like that bad so it's like you just leave it in there and just ignore it until just ignore it until you move yeah or die <laughs> like why didn't mike fires just be like you know what i don't want to be the person to do this because it would be a bad look for me if somebody asks me about it directly i'll admit it yeah but i'm not going to be the person that opens this gross thing in the back of my fridge i can see that that's a fair take but what do you say to the people who are yankees fans or dodgers fans who are genuinely upset that this might have affected their team's chance of winning the World Series. Get the hell over it. It did not. It, I really don't think it did. I think that is an interesting thing to explore because there's been research done into this. Fangraphs did some research. They found out, like I said, that the chase rate went down, but the chase rate also like kind of went down on the road, and another Fangraphs investigation said that some players— It's very inconsistent, the findings. Yeah, some players, their chase rate went down, but some people it went up. Some people swung less on fastballs. Some people swung more on fastballs. It's very inconsistent, even across every player, and the sample sizes are so small that who knows if it really even made a difference in the first place. That's sort of the question. Because there has been a lot of conversation on Twitter— about players rightfully saying, hey, what about the guy who came up for his Major League debut and the Astros stole his signs and they battered him? That isn't really the case whatsoever. 
the reason that that guy was getting clobbered is because his fastball's probably his fastball probably wasn't that good in the first place, or his uh, pitches weren't that good in the first place. There might have been a little bit of an effect, but to say that it swung games so much so that the Astros stole home field advantage, uh, so they stole the series against the Yankees or they stole the series against the Dodgers is a little I don't know. It's a little ho- homery. It might be a little homery of me saying that that the Astros would have won either way. But I think the Astros were a better team than the Yankees. And if you simulate that series 100 times, the Astros win more than 50. And in that series against the Dodgers, they win at least 50. That really was a coin flip of a series. So, And the Astros they, also they won, won game seven at, they on won the games, road. They won two games on the road and two games at home. So you can't even say that the sign ceiling was that much of a difference. They had a better record. Well, technically played four games. They had, they won two games each at home and on the road. So there are people that have claims to it, but if you can't really bring proof that it happened, then it sort of is, I don't know, it's not as important as it seems, and it's probably relatively overblown. A funny thing about this is you Darvish got asked, like, um, you know, do you feel like you got robbed, robbed in Game 7? And he was like, "No, I sucked. I died. I don't. They could have been up there with a paper bat, and they probably still could have hit me because I <laughs> sucked that much." Which I always loved, loved you, Darvish, because I feel like he holds himself accountable for almost everything. Yeah, and is and gets painted in a very bad light because he came in. Uh, he this, lost this games. He lost games three and seven. He, yeah, he's the goat of game seven. But yeah, he's probably the reason the Dodgers lost the World Series. Yeah, different. It's a different story, but like a lot of the play. The players, I think the advantage here is so minimal mm-hmm. that they're not being punished because it tainted the World Series or tainted the results of a game, but be, but they're being suspended because, well, these methods are against, you know, the morals of the game, which, you know, they are. Yeah. You know. But also, can the game – can I, we jump into 2020 already? I mean, people were able to steal signs – with technology in 1951, Bobby Thompson shot heard around the world. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, that you had a kid. There was yeah. There was an electronic buzzer system back then in 1951. The fact that and there were people who were accused of doing it in the 1980s the other day just because this came out. Yeah, there was the whole Jack McDowell thing. Yeah, the fact that we haven't changed the way signs are used to adjust to this. I mean, if we look at offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators in the NFL. They always cover their mouths with play sheets just because they're worried that someone's got binoculars and is watching them say whatever words they're doing. So I think we should change the way that signs happen. What the Nationals did, which I thought was very interesting during the World Series, is they had sheets uh, where they would have several different uh, types of signs that they would call just because they were worried that the Astros were stealing signs in the first place. And if more teams implemented that, I think we would have a lot less trouble, and we'd have would have a lot less hand wringing about this thing, which is just another unwritten rule of baseball, like pine tar and pitchers' necks or cap bills or whatever they have. I think it goes further than that in this way. What do you mean? I I I think that this whole the way the there's no like I I don't think there's any way to go overboard on pine tar. What do you mean? It because it doesn't really give you. It does not. It doesn't alter. I I heard someone saying it might have been you that it's actually you actually kind of would 
are happy that pitchers using pine tar because they have more control of the pitch yeah that's it doesn't that's the thing it's a foreign substance but it doesn't alter the the flight of the ball unlike say like a spitball would yeah okay that's fair so i don't know how you could like get into any kind of scandal about like pine tar yeah because what what way of like pine tar abuse is there other than just putting it somewhere on your body yeah that's fair yeah so what do you think about changing signs as they are do you think it's uh, something that mlb should or maybe implement or give their catchers like little mics in their their little headsets in their masks um (laughs) no i think the mm, it seems like such an awful like topic because i don't feel like that's just you're try- I this is not like a broken system. Really? Even though so many teams are uh, like using, ima- like using the it? only thing that like I could imagine the, um, people like changing to is like having the coach or the man or pitching coach or manager somebody on the bench like with a head with a headset and have like the hats like have like some kind of like earpiece. Yeah. But like the, that just seems like what are we doing it's baseball at this point like you're there's no reason to change the way signs are yeah working this is just a very is it much uh, ado about nothing it's much ado about nothing and it's honestly all sides went too far on this yeah i agree with you it's overblown it's Baseball isn't really in the news, and so people might seem to go a little bit too overboard on it. And when you have the ability to comb through YouTube and look at every game to try to find something, you're probably going to find something, even if it isn't actually there. And so whether you're combing through old Jose Altuve interviews with Ken Rosenthal, asking him why he didn't take off his shirt this time, which there's an argument one way that, oh, he didn't take his shirt off because there was a buzzer underneath it. But then the question is, well, why did he take off his shirt on all those other occasions? It goes both ways. All of these things go both ways. And there's not much evidence for them doing much besides what MLB found. And the stuff that they did that MLB found, it is an indictment of the players. It's an indictment of the people who allowed it to happen and allowed that culture to permeate what should have been a fun, exciting, above-board team. Maybe there's an asterisk on the Astros 2017 World Series, but maybe there's not. I don't think there is. I don't think there is either. Why don't we switch to, for the last few minutes, why don't we switch to a little bit of a happier topic? Yeah, let's talk about um, a player that everyone was really hoping would get into the Hall of Fame with a very certain amount of votes that they weren't sure if he was going to get it. Our favorite player. Derek Jeter. Larry Walker, what the hell? Oh, I I was assuming that you meant that I thought Derek Jeter was going to be close. Yeah. I mean, they have the same war, basically. And I think I read somewhere that Derek Jeter has negative 243 defensive runs saved, which, if you don't know what that means, I just want you to know that the second worst middle infielder of all time has negative 124 defensive runs saved, and it's good to have a positive number of defensive runs saved if you're an infielder, if I, you're a, uh, a fielder. I think it's stupid that people wanted him to be unanimous, and I, I would probably trade sexual favors for with the guy that uh didn't vote for him because like i would if king griffey jr hank aaron and all of the people that came before him ted williams ted joe williams, dimaggio they, they mickey mantle like if they weren't unanimous and i don't think any of them were particularly close to being unanimous, yes except for griffey then why why are we going to give a b- 
below average player like who Derek Jeter would have gotten who wouldn't even have made a first ballot if he played for the Padres. Yeah. Like the only reason he got in is because oh he's a leader, he's in New York, oh blah blah blah. Well, to be fair, to be fair, it is the Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter is incredibly famous. Yeah, he's famous. He was good for the he was good for baseball. He was better for baseball than Larry Walker was just because he got people interested in it. And there are very few legitimately famous baseball players right now. Like Bryce Harper is probably the most famous baseball player right now, and he's nothing nowhere close to the same kind of legend that Derek Jeter was. So I do appreciate that. But as far as on the field, he should have played second base. And he should have should have been a platoon guy. Hit relatively well, but not nearly well enough to be marked as one of the best shortstops of all time. Honus Wagner has been and always will be the best shortstop of all time, even though he played 100 years ago. I also want to rant about people wanting Omar Vizquel in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I completely agree with you there. You're saying you want him in the Hall of Fame? Oh, I don't want him in the Hall of Fame. Okay, good. Yeah, I do not want him in the Hall of Fame at all. Because I don't, I don't really get what the argument for it is. Yeah, Omar Vizquel, Omar Vizquel. Yeah, Omar Vizquel, decent shortstop. The numbers don't really back up the fact that everyone thinks his defense was phenomenal. Not a good hitter. Nowhere near a good hitter. He was fifteen uh, percent below average for his career as a hitter. And you know who's getting less votes than Omar Vizquel? Scott Rowland, who was a great hitter, played great defense. And is only eight fifty five career OPS. Yeah, and is only beginning to get the respect that he deserves. Hopefully, he'll make it into the Hall of Fame, but Vizquel probably will too. And that might be an interesting one. Yeah. Who but do, it, who do we? Th- what do we think about Bonds and Clones? Do we think they have a chance at getting in at all? All I'm saying is, in two years, there's a quite a possibility that Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Alex Rodriguez, and David Ortiz, all with different PD scandals to their names will be up for election, and there aren't really any other good possibilities. So I personally can't wait for that year. Yeah. Um, why, don't we, why don't we touch on the NBA for like half a minute? Okay, NBA. Actually, no, wait. What are we talking about? Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Oh, the Super Bowl is kind of important. The superb owl. We don't want to talk about NCAA uh, championship where our guy Joe Burrow threw for what, six touchdowns. Ran for another, something like that, some crazy amount. All I know is that people thought that Trevor Lawrence was a good quarterback against good teams. You have always been in the anti-Trevor Lawrence camp, and I've always been in the pro-Trevor Lawrence camp, but you might be right. I honestly don't know how, like, I'm pretty sure he won 18 for 37. If Trevor Lawrence had a buzz cut, no one would be talking about him. Hot take? Yeah. I don't agree with that. I think Trevor Lawrence is actually very good, but I think, but I do think Justin Fields is better. I think, a, I think it's incredible that he's only lost one game as a starter. Lawrence? Yeah. It's pretty impressive, especially considering how many picks he throws. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But so, yeah, the Super Bowl is happening. It's the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, who I – even as Lamar Jackson was tearing up the league, I was saying to anyone who listened that Mahomes was still the best quarterback in football. And Mahomes is in the Super Bowl now. Lamar Jackson lost to Tennessee because he – I don't know. Couldn't uh, outscore uh, Derrick Henry in the bunch. Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry. Did he have more passing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson? No, or the he same this, amount. I think he had the same amount. They, they each had one passing touchdown. That's not where you want to be, Lamar Jackson. And although I think you'll do well enough next year, it's it's this is Patrick Mahomes' league. Mahomes' league against Jimmy Garoppolo, who <laughs> got their butt 
not even by the skin of his teeth, but he threw like less than a hundred yards in. To he beat threw, the Packers. He was six for eight. Yeah, and our guy Raheem Mustard um, carried four, them four touchdowns, wasn't it? Yeah. So, weirdly, the team that you ex- the game where you expected a running back to dominate the Chiefs Titans game didn't happen, and the game where you thought it would at least be a passing showdown really didn't uh, show itself. It was very interesting to see. Everybody on Twitter is saying, oh, Derrick Henry, like, didn't really do a great job. The Titans didn't really have the ball that much. Yeah, and that's the issue. Well, but that, but that's the thing that with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's the kind of guy who, when he has the ball, your team is going to just keep going and going and going forever because he's a running back. And they just weren't able to do that because Henry, he only averaged about three and a half yards per carry, which was much worse than usual. And... Now, Titans sold out to stop him. They had their best defensive line player, Frank Clark, healthy, and they shut him down. Mahomes torched him after the first quarter. So it was interesting to see. I'm excited for this Chiefs Super Bowl, and it's impossible for me to root against Patrick Mahomes. I, I got to say that. He's so yeah, much fun I'm, to watch. I'm a fan of Patrick Mahomes. I'm not a, as big of a believer of the 49ers because I feel like they beat – possibly the two worst teams in the playoffs aside from Philadelphia. Yeah, the Vikings and the Packers were n- neither of them were very good teams. The Packers might have been the worst two se- worst two seed or 13 and 3 team ever. Yeah. Somehow they won several like they hadn't lost in several weeks, which I can't they, I don't they even just know how that happened. Don't know how to play 60 minutes of football. It wasn't a good NFC this year though. It wasn't really a good NFC. I disagree. Who else was good in the NFC this year? Seahawks. Or New Orleans. Oh, the Seahawks weren't a good team. The Seahawks were like a team that, like the Packers, only got there because they got lucky in a bunch of games and Russell Wilson saved them. They beat the 49ers and almost they almost beat them twice. Yeah, but they almost lost twice. Both games were very close. Both games. The Seahawks won one game right at the wire, the first game against the 49ers. I think they won on a field goal at the end of regulation. I think the Saints are just... Saints were good. Saints were really good. But Drew Brees kind of just sucks. Yeah. He's showed his age. Taysom Hill was a better quarterback. Yeah. They might want to keep Teddy Bridgewater. It's very weird to have the Saints have three starting NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Very strange. And all of whom are completely different players. Yeah. Taysom Hill's a running guy. Teddy Bridgewater is a pocket passer who doesn't really have an arm. And Drew Brees is six feet tall but somehow has a better arm than any of them. Yeah. I don't... I think the Chiefs might. I don't think the Super Bowl will be too close. Do you think the Chiefs are going to win by? I would say a healthy amount. What's the why? If I the line is two, y- Chiefs by two. Okay, I would I would take the over on that. Okay. Um, I would say it's going to be Chiefs thirty-one to thirteen. That's a big one. Um, I like the 49ers this year. I really like their defense, and if Mustard can run on the Chiefs, Mustard. Then Mustard, if he can run the Chiefs or any of their stable of running backs can run on them, then I think we're going to have a close game. People think it's going to be high scoring. I'm not so sure about mm, that. Well, only one of their o- only one of the teams' offense is good. I'm going to say the Chiefs win, but only 24-20. I think it's closer than people think. Patrick Mahomes can have bad games, especially against really good defenses. And I don't know. I think it's the 49ers have a phenomenal defense, and they're going to make it an interesting game. So, yeah, that is going to wrap it up for us today. We will see you guys next week with some basketball talk. We're going to talk about the All-Star game. I'm not sure how much more baseball there is, but we're definitely going to have basketball. And 
Yeah, we're glad to be back, and we will see you guys next week.